Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another podcast from Scanline Media. I'm Six Detmar. I'm Jennifer Uncle. I'm Kyrie Page, and there are so many video games. There's so many of them. There are, there are. We're uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. right? We used to do a feature of of a ser- series of podcasts on here called Game of the Generation. Now, some of them were not for generations because names are a bitch, and sometimes you name a feature something and then you use it in ways that kind of make the stretch the name a little. Yeah, bit. a little bit. Ask me all about that. I've done that a lot. We did that. Um, we did that one time for a gimmick award where we just called 2020 like we had Game of the Decade because our thinking was 2020 felt like it lasted 10 years <laughs> well that was a good one that was quality right there um but we stopped doing those for a while just it, it didn't you know just didn't happen right mm-hmm. there's no strategy to sort of like hey you know you do other things but <sighs> gang i'm tired of winning the gimmick awards every year <laughs> y'all need practice <laughs> what do you mean by win because <laughs> Why is Jen being so serious today? I do not know. I I never know with Jennifer Uncle. Everyone's a winner when they tune in and listen to our podcasts. But uh, but on the podcast itself, there's only one winner. It's the person who gets the most of their nominations through. In which case, it would not be me because a lot of categories last year, I was like, I don't fucking care. These all suck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I just, I miss doing this sort of thing, right? This sort of like here's here's the problem we're trying to solve and we try and solve it on air with discussion exactly. basically yeah sort of format i like um and so we're here to decide the game of the generation or you know games of the generation for the ps1 n64 sega saturn era uh atari jaguar and 3do are also viable somehow none of them made it onto this list weird how that worked out <laughs> yeah do you want the jaguar version of uh Alien versus Predator. Or plumbers don't wear ties. I also, well, personally, when I was looking at the list, I tried not to have too many repeats from the same series, because, uh, like, we already have Panzer Dragoon on there, so putting something like Panzer Dragoon Saga would not make sense. I put them on here when I think it's going to be an interesting conversation about, like, which one of these is better, right? Mm-hmm. Um so, in that sense, Jen, can you read our list, please? Sure thing. Ape Escape, Banjo-Kazooie, Burning Rangers, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Chrono Cross, Clock Tower, Crash Bandicoot, Doom 64. <laughs> Six is already mousing over. I, there, we, we had a whole conversation, a five-minute conversation about how you should write the name of Clock Tower, and then you didn't fucking do it. <laughs> it is the name. It's just Clock Tower. Right, but they're... <laughs> There are multiple games named Clock Tower, and we were like, we should indicate which one, and you were like, yes, and then you didn't do it. My bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Parenthetical JP. Doom 64, F0X, Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8, GoldenEye 007, Harvest Moon 64, Harvest Moon Back to Nature, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Heritage for the Future. Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, Mario Golf, Mario Kart 64, Mario Party 3, Mario Tennis, Marvel vs. Capcom, Clash of Superheroes, Mega Man Legends, Metal Gear Solid, Panzer Dragoon, Parasite Eve, Perfect Dark, 
Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadium, Princess Maker 2, R4 Ridge Racer Type 4, Resident Evil 2, Ridge Racer 4, Wait, I don't think Ridge Racer Ridge Racer Four is kind of on here twice. I think. Yes. Yeah. I was uh, like, is R Four and Ridge Racer Four different games? But no, that's the same thing. Ah, uh, damn. We'd magic. We'd managed to stretch it. We added. A, we added some things that were probably not going to win to make it fifty games, and now we're back to forty nine. <laughs> oh, well. Damn it. Oh well. Resident Evil Two, Rival Schools, Silent Hill, Snowboard Kids Two, Spyro the Dragon, Star Fox Sixty Four. Star Wars Rogue Squadron, StarCraft 64, Street Fighter Alpha 3, Super Mario 64, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Super Smash Brothers, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Tomb Raider, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, Worms Armageddon, and Xenogears. Should we just come up with a <laughs> one on the fly now, since we... Yeah, there's no need to stretch it. It's fine. It would have been okay. fine. But um, no one actually cares. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's really going to happen is that we're going to get people who are like, how the hell is this not on the list? And the answer is probably we haven't played it. Though I guess there's a, there's a chance that I'm like, I don't think it was all that. Like, I'm sorry, the first Armored Cores are not on this list. I don't like playing those games. Well, there's only one Armored Core that uh, was PS1. No, that's not true. There was like a couple. They're of like them. four. Oh, because Armored Core Two was a PS2 thing, wasn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah the, if like... you if you simply follow the numbers, you are shaving off like seventy percent of the franchise. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, Armored Core. Armored Core. Project Phantasma. Armored Core. Master of Arena. Okay, only three. My bad. It's on PS2 that you get one, two... Okay, you get Armored Core 2 and Armored Core 3, and then as far as spin-offs, you get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. So. Also, point of order, we should probably make this a top ten. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So that means we're going to have to start culling a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no. we could... I, I, I could start with uh, with some, some free bloodletting. I have a lot of affection for Pokemon Snap. It is not a top 10 game of this generation. No. Uh, fun game. Um, fun. I mean, people, I, I re distinctly remember people being annoyed at it back in the day of like, oh, you bought the game and you beat the game in like two hours. Mm -hmm. um, well, if you rented it or borrowed a friend's copy, it was a grand old time. Or got it as a bundle when you buy your N64 from someone who didn't want theirs anymore. <laughs> Yep. Also, sometimes there's good arcade games that take very little time to beat, but uh, it's it's not bad to own them. Like, uh, I got a lot of mileage out of Time Crisis 2 for the PS2. You and your Time Crisises. <laughs> uh, Life is like a Time Crisis. Mm. You're in Duckburg? I don't know. Sure. Uh, I've, I have a few that we can cut ra rather quickly. Um... Uh, we can cut Burning Rangers because the gameplay is fine. I just really like that theme song, though. Okay, uh, all right. It's like it's like it just one of those games. Like the thing about the Saturn was like all these very stylish games, um, and Burning Rangers was just like was part of that because you know, like 
it was the realization of the anime aesthetic so that you put in theme songs for your stuff and it was great mm-hmm. yeah i've never played burning rangers i should check it out i suspect i'll say that a lot today mm-hmm. <laughs> um hmm. symphony of the night ain't all that it's no rondo, <laughs> it's no rondo of blood it's, I mean, it's no portrait of ruin. I think it is, it opens the door to a style of Castlevania that is better than it is. It's an important step. And I, I listen, I post the little, I'm interested in this all the damn time, but I actually think it's not that great. I, I mean, it's certainly very good. I remember having fun with it on the Dracula X Chronicles uh, version, which is ju- which is the PSP game that came with like a new version of Rondo of Blood, and just the P the PS one port like the PS one version of Symphony of the Night. There is something to like you know unlocking the upside down castle and things like that, but I think uh, it has bad level design, as in like it's it's you often get lost, and it's not a game about getting lost. Also worth noting that that PSP version completely changed the voice acting. Like, uh, that I think they used the PSP cast for. Yeah, they re- they redubbed and rewrote the "What Is a Man?" Yeah, uh, speech to be a little bit more coherent. But we're not doing. We're not talking the PSP version. We're talking the exactly. PS One version. PS One version. Mm-hmm. That that "What Is a Man?" speech is like fucking baller. I love it. Um, but it's. Mostly because, like, it's rather goofy. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, the retranslation was really good, but that PS1 version is just sort of... Uh, it's just a miserable pile of secrets. I'll also mention that the original Symphony of the Night ended with a slow jam, and more video games should have slow jams. Okay, I can support that. But we're okay with cutting it? I'm okay with cutting it. Yeah. This, this is a point at which we say that do not take the order at which things get cut as a judgment of their quality. That is just the point at which it is on our minds and we've made the conclusion it won't make it. Mm-hmm. And we think we can do it without pissing any also on the show off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're at, we're at this, we're at the early goings. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're at the walking on eggshells portion. Okay. Jen, um, cut something. It's always me taking the lead. Come on. <laughs> okay. Um, there's multiple fighting games on here, so maybe... I, well, I feel like any of them that I try for will generate a fight, so... Well, and, they're fighting games. You'd expect that, wouldn't you? Exactly. It's part <laughs> of the genre. Um, I mean, I'm listen, going... If you're smart, you know which one's the live rail. <laughs> I think I know the live rail, yes. Um, okay. I'm going to push fighting games to the side for now and instead <laughs> say that uh, we should cut Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a it's a great game, but uh, the sequels were a bit better. Like, it's a pretty good game. I mean, like, I, I, I think it's like, so, I think it's somewhere between good and great, like, and frankly, so are most of its sequels. But we don't have to discuss that today. But it's just like, oh, you know, like a lot of when you have an IP like Star Wars, it's like 
you have lowered standards because you're just happy to see Star Wars to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they make like some pretty good flight games and I I never really found them in like enthralling, but like mm-hmm. they were it was really cool to see those renders of like the X-wing and Y-ring and like stuff that you only saw for like a couple seconds or a couple minutes in the movie be like, "Oh, you get to see full renders of them and fly around in them." That's cool. Yeah. And I miss Factor 5. I wish they were still around to make cool, like, air combat games, because there are so few people making air combat games that aren't, like, free-to-play games these days. Yeah. Um, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. That's a fun puzzle game. It is? It's pretty fun. But I don't think it's one of the 10 dust games of the generation. No. Yeah, you're right. Also, the PS1 version is, like, like, I I assume you're referring to, like, the PS1 version. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's a, like, it's a good port of that game, but, like, later, like, later ports would do it, like, a little bit more justice. Because, like, the problem with, like, a lot of arcade ports in this particular era was, like, the loading times were killer. Um, I'm going to suggest we cut JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, I think it's one of the better, like, of the fighting games on this list, I would say it's on the upper half. Well, okay, there there is one still on here that's worse than it, I guess is what I would say. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's the best JoJo's game they've ever made, right? This is the, you know, like the more traditional fighter where you've got the, you know, you know, stand on and 2d and all that pixel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun game. Um, it's an imbalanced mess and, uh, it's kind of fun for being an imbalanced mess. Um, yeah. Also like, like again, this is a, another thing like I just brought up is like the PS one port of that game has, you know, missing animations. Issues. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a great port. You're yeah. definitely right about that. Um, and it's like, that's, you know, part of the reason why it can be cut, I think, so easily is like, it's a great fun game. Like, that's like, I have a very vivid memory of like going to MAGFest one year. Um, it was kind of like the day before the festival began proper. And there was a guy who had set up a laptop in a um, common area. And we just played the JoJo's fighting game for a while. It was fun. Very nice. It's time for me to go on a 3D platformer killing spree. Okay. <laughs> We're starting off with the easiest one. Crash Bandicoot. Great game. Good game. That's fine. It's fine. It's it's not one of the ten best games of the generation. It's a very important game, but I agree. All right, what's the next easiest kill among these? Spyro. Uh, Spyro. Spyro is probably the next easiest kill. Mm-hmm. Really? Because I see <laughs> the easiest kill is near the top. <laughs> uh, I could get away with that one? Because Banjo-Kazooie is a fucking terrible game. <laughs> yeah, Banjo-Kazooie sucks ass. Hold on. Oh, hold thank on. God. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll uncross it off for the moment. Go ahead, go ahead, Kyrie. 
I think Banjo-Kazooie, the original Banjo-Kazooie, is a lot of fun. It has uh, issues with traversal because, like, the Talon Trot is your best traversal option, and you're going to get real sick of hearing the wah, 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 over and over again. And holding, um, like, what, like, C left to move? It was the Z trigger, I believe. But you didn't you also had to hit, I think you had to hold the Z trigger and then also hit a C button to start it. Yeah, well, once you started it, you could just hold down Z and continue. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, I felt that like it had some like really fun ideas. Um, it has like a goofy tone to it. I mean, I you can sacrifice I, your girlfriend to get a hot bad bitch girlfriend. Or, I believe that <laughs> is sorry, her. That I need is to rephrase that. Yeah, you can sacrifice <laughs> your sister. I was mm-hmm. I was so excited about the destination. I forgot about the journey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's your sister. Uh, and it's it's one of those things where um, it's made better in comparison to, like, Banjo-Tooie, which Banjo-Tooie is, like, a mess. That's a hot mess of a game because it just tried adding so much shit. Um, and so by comparison, Kazooie is a better, like, the original game is a better game to play. Um, but it still has its issues. I really have a lot of fond memories attached to it, but it's not a top ten. I've known fi- I've known writers who use level design, and they're all cowards. Is the banter because we school of thought? Also, what if we just you know the collectibles you have in Mario sixty four? What if we added twenty of those? That's what I'm saying. Is it's like the collectathon. I mean, there are, I suppose there are a few good ones, but for the most part, it is the death of level design. Not as bad as fucking Mario, well, I guess Mario Odyssey is just another collectathon, and that's the thing that people don't put on it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of respect for Banjo-Kazooie. Okay, Banjo-Kazooie can go. I just wanted to say my piece. Yeah. Sure, fair enough. And then Spyro, right? Yeah, Spyro can go, because I don't care for Spyro. Spyro's an incredibly cool game. Like, I I love the way that they make the level transition seamless. Uh, I enjoy the little goofs they have with all the different dragons. Uh, there's good traverse and all that, but uh, yeah, if no one else is vouching for it, um, I'm not particularly going to fight for it for top ten. You know, yeah. Let's be honest with ourselves. Ape Escape isn't either. It's another platformer. It's another. I I like Ape Escape. I'm the Ape Escape person here. Um, but two and three are phenomenal games, and one is like a cool proof of concept and a fun game. But like they, mm-hmm. I think two and three is where they really figured the series out. Yeah, one was kind of working from the handicap of okay, we have this brand new controller for the PlayStation 1. Let's make the most use of it. Yeah, yeah, it was a showcase for the, the dual analog, for sure. The DualShock 1. Or it was just known as DualShock at the time. True, true. Um, I never I never really played any of the Ape Escapes. Uh, that is like kind of like a blind spot for me. Um, but, yeah, they are charming games. I just had a good idea that we'll have to talk about off air. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah. 
what if we cut uh oh that that's actually no that, that's gonna cause a problem <laughs> what what um we gotta have fights at some point come on okay ocarina of time yeah yeah because majora's is better majora's is a better game <laughs> yeah also i i played ocarina of time i've tried playing ocarina of time all the way through multiple times and i never got super far partially because that game's not very good I think that game is very much like there are other games that are sort of in a similar conversation about it as like the birth of 3D design mm-hmm. that are still fucking good as hell. And I think Ocarina, I do think Ocarina has aged poorly. I think it has, it came up with solutions to problems and those solutions were the ones we needed at the time, but we've come up with better solutions since. That's sort of the core of aging poorly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still, like, I would still, I would argue against the idea that it's a bad game, though. Like, I think it still has some, like, really fun ideas, and, like, it's a very good game, but, like, it is just by comparison. It's like, oh yeah, Majora's Mask is a better game, but it had to build off of the foundation of Ocarina. Yeah, I think it's that Majora's is here, and also, ironically, for a game with its title, time has not been kind. Yeah. Maybe I should try playing the 3DS version again sometime. That might be a bit better of an experience. Yeah, if you're looking to play it. I mean, I think it's a game that's good to have in your vocabulary, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I certainly have affection for it. But, like, you know, these days, I don't think there are very many games that people have to play, right? That's just not a philosophy I hold anymore. Um... So, you know, if you don't want to play it, it's not a big deal. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, there was something, like, I have it uh, hooked into the N64 right now, and for a while, playing it on the old CRT, I found, like, that was, that was a good time. It's, it's fucking, it's fucking Ocarina of Time, but is, it is superseded by its younger sibling. Yeah. Which we could probably comfortably already slot into top ten, but I don't think is I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, I mean I think we can asterisk it to sort of indicate that we've had uh, that that the tone in the room seems to be that we think that, right? I mean yeah. mm-hmm. perhaps we'll get down to it and we'll have fifteen on our top ten and we'll be like, Oh no. Well um <laughs> But um, I think we should have a conversation about which Harvest Moon stays. Because, that's fair. Uh, I, I mean, I, they're pretty similar. Um, and part of the reason they're on here is to reflect that this was a classic argument in the fandom mm-hmm. about Back to Nature versus sixty four. Um, I think. I think I like the art style of Back to Nature better and 64's load times better is kind of like the divide to me for the most part. I mean, there are also some feature changes, but they're not that significant. And ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm a Back to Nature kid. Um, yeah. I I grew up with 64. Um, I remember liking that game quite a bit. Uh, I never played Back to Nature. I like I want to fix that because I do like the Harvest Moon games, but Harvest Moon 64 is definitely like is very closely in line with like it's a very simple game um like because it came from the lineage of the original harvest moon on super nintendo which is very simple as well Mm -hmm. um but like 64 added some like fun features and 
I mean, it did it did have the isometric camera, but like, listen, I just like whenever I boot up that game, I just immediately swap the camera to like the original view. Yeah. Like I I I have a lot more affection for sixty four. If if you're um wondering where I'm at. I mean, I think honestly, the real answer is that both of them go. Mm-hmm. Because top ten is is a is a harsh number. Um, I lean back to nature over sixty four, but I think we can hold hands and jump on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very fun series, though. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it's very sweet that they made a Doom for Nintendo 64. It's mid. It, it's a good Doom. Like, they... Aubrey Hodges' score is really impressive. They basically recreated all the, the monsters in this style that looks like Jason and the Argonauts-style claymation. Um... They have a lot of fun with colored lighting, just, like, creating something very moody, something that even, like, finds ways to scare you that the original Doom could not. Like, I think it's a very impressive game. Okay, if it bounces for now, that's fine. Well, I'd like to hear your reasons why you don't like it. I played it and I just was bored. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not very sophisticated. It's like, I played it and I was like... Well, that's cute. <laughs> How about you, Kyrie? I haven't played it, so I can't really judge. Okay, I, I guess I can go then. Top 10 is a harsh mistress. Yes, it is. Uh, In the spirit of fighting games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Of the ones that are on here, I think Alpha 3 can go. That is not the best way to play Alpha 3. Um, on the PS1. Like, it's still pretty good. I really Uh think Alpha 3 is a fantastic fighting game, but you really want to get that, like... Well, and so just just to, like, kind of a point of order, this is a stand-in for, like, we can't have, you know, the CPS2 machine on here, right? Or CPS1. Mm -hmm. Like, we can refer to their arcade equivalents as being what we're talking about to a certain degree, I think. Yeah, we don't just I have to hang so. everything on how bad the ports are. Okay. Because we'll never do a game of the generation CPS one. That'll never happen. Okay, then I have a lot of like fondness for Alpha Three as a fighting game. I think that is just like its gameplay is to me like it's like it's a speed that would not be found in street fighter until many many years later in Mm -hmm. like in a lot of ways street fighter 6 reminds me a little bit of like the speed and pace of alpha 3 because alpha 3 pointedly has you start the game like start every like match with like full meter and it's just sort of like that announcer announcer going like you know very high energy very high paced game that is just like a lot of fun to play like i i feel like alpha 3 is one of those fighting games that you can kind of put in front of people who are not as well versed in fighting games and will just have like a good time because of just how like 
how quickly it's paced and how its systems are laid out. Mm. To be honest, I always had a respect for the Alpha series. I never had very much fun with them. I I think it helps that like Alpha Three what is like a game that I've played with like both strangers and friends to just like have a game to play and it just works in that regard. Like <laughs> I mean I, again I just have this memory of going to a con one time of like I was playing I believe as Ken the other was playing as Ryu or either or. My mem- this is like over 10 years ago at this point so my memory is a little fuzzy but like just like we did like basically a first to 10 and it was a lot of fun like using the PS2 version of course but uh-huh. like that that game I think is like of the Alpha series is the most fun of them mm. I know Alpha 2 is used as, like, I think Alpha 2 is the one that has, like, the more serious competitive scene attached to it, like, to this day. Um, mostly because I think that was around the time of the birth of Evolution um, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, you had Daigo and Alex Valle, like, very famously, like, going up against each other in that game. Um, and, I don't know, I have a lot of affection for Alpha 3 as a fighting game. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm fine with leaving it on for now. I just, I think the way you describe that game is like, I, you know, not like I disbelieve you, but it just doesn't connect with the experience I've had with that game. Okay. Yeah. Like if, if that is the case, it can go. I just think that like Alpha 3 is like, it of that style of game, I think it was like just one of the most fun. Do you like it better than the other two fighting games left on this list? So the the two that are remaining are Rival Schools and Marvel vs. Capcom. MVC one. There's also yeah. Super Smash Brothers. Oh, that's well, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Three other. Mm-hmm. I like Project Justice more than I like original Rival Schools. That's but fair. I really enjoy Rival Schools, but I. Rival Schools is a series that would get better. Like, if this was, like, Dreamcast games, like, which is the generation after this one, like, if we're talking... Sadly already done. Though we could relitigate someday. We could relitigate, yeah. Um, If this was Dreamcast games, like, yeah, Project Justice would be, like, I would be fighting for top ten. Not to say that original Rival Schools isn't good. But, like, it is one of those things where it's, like, it had, like, a lot of fun ideas that would later be embellished on and improved upon by its sequel. Okay. Alright. Uh, could cut Rival Schools instead, then. Okay. I also like Rival Schools, for the record. But, yeah. I don't I don't think it'll make top ten, so. Mm-hmm. I think we should cut StarCraft 64. Um... I think that it is an incredible achievement that they managed to fit uh, the entirety of StarCraft, the entirety of Brood War, and, like, Nintendo 64 exclusive levels all onto the cartridge. And, uh... With split-screen multiplayer. Yeah. All that stuff is really neat, but if you sat down today and were like, how am I going to play StarCraft? 
you're gonna go for the mouse and keyboard. You're not gonna go for a Nintendo 64 controller. Well, hold on. Like, it seems like StarCraft 64 is, like, its own bespoke thing that should be judged in context with the other, like, N64 games. Not necessarily, like, its PC counterpart. I mean, here's the thing, right, is... Mm -hmm. After I got access to the PC version of StarCraft, there were still times where I wanted to play StarCraft 64 because... So StarCraft 2 added a feature later in its life called Overlord Mode. Are you are y'all familiar with this? I am not familiar with this. Basically, it is a mode where you pick your, you know, you pick your, your faction or whatever, and it's co-op. It isn't mm -hmm. that two people have two factions. Two people share one faction. And so you could be like, all right, you handle, you handle like the base stuff. I'll handle our troops or whatever. Right. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Or like, I'll handle this. You handle the, like the expansion or whatever. You can sort of divide up the tasks in that way. Uh, it was a really cool addition, like 30 years after it was invented in Starcraft 64. Yeah. Because like, didn't it have, didn't Starcraft 64 have like some exclusive missions that were just co-op? Yeah. It did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I I do agree on control scheme. I think mouse and keyboard is a better experience. Feature-wise, StarCraft 64 is the best version of maybe the best RTS ever made. Oh, yeah, that that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> I think it can stay for now. And maybe it doesn't make top 10, but I certainly don't think, like, I would have to, I would have to see what it was up against before I was willing to cut it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea you had such a connection with StarCraft 64-6. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, is a, it is a game of my youth. Oh, have you seen the Beast video where he's playing through that recently? It's it's really long, but it's a good video. Who Who is, like, Mr. Beast? Like, the Cookie Man? No, no like, The Beast. He has this challenge where he's playing through every single Nintendo 64 game published, both in English and Japanese. And, uh... It's kind of fun hearing his commentary about StarCraft uh, features without knowing anything about StarCraft other than, oh yeah, there's a thing called a Zerg Rush, right? I should try that. Huh. Maybe I'll look into that. Yeah. I was like, is Jen referencing the candy bar guy? That's weird. No. <laughs> that, <that'd laughs> I thought that weird... guy sucked. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. Uh, speaking as a retail worker where that shit is everywhere and no one will fucking buy it. And like, I'm not <laughs> blaming you. Don't buy it. But then stop sending us them. Have you ever had customers who do the thing that he's asked to do in social media where they move the candy bars in front? Absolutely not. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I get people asking about the fucking Logan Paul drink, but that's about it. Oh. Um, speaking of... The 64 games that should probably go. Jen, I understand. I don't mean to do this to your childhood. Yeah. But Snowboard Kids 2 cannot make the top 10. <laughs> Why not? Because it's not very good, sweetie. <laughs> I, I feel like it gets better if you're playing it with friends, but... Um... Most activities are, but I, I like Star, uh, ah, yeah, Snowboard Kids too. I like that game. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but again, it's one of those things where it's just, it is a, it is a decent kart racer. Stuff. Well, I mean, it's for all intents and purposes, it is a kart racer. Um, yeah. 
and we have a pretty good one on this list already uh, that we haven't talked about yet. Um, but it had like a fun vibe, but it's like it is one of those things where it's like it's much better played multiplayer. Um, and I don't know. It's like, I, I, I think it's like better than the first game, certainly, but like Snowboard Kids 2 can go. Um, but it does have like, has some catchy music and fun characters, but it is a very simple game at the end of the day. Yeah, I I guess that's fair. If we put it in context of the other kart racer here, it uh, probably doesn't hold up as well. Um, Pokemon Stadium is on here mostly for nostalgia. Yeah, that's that's not a great way to play Pokemon in general. Like, uh, it's it's really neat to plug in your Game Boy cartridge and see your whole party of monsters appear before you. But uh, I don't know it. It has a really good mini game collection and a ba- multiple battle ladders that I can kind of give or take. Especially when you have stadium 2 um which you know included like all the gold and silver uh pokemon i never bothered playing stadium 2 i played stadium 1 and i was like okay i don't think i need to check out a 2 and this was back in the day i was like i'm having fun with stadium i would have fun with anything with a pokemon name on it i could play with my friend (laughs) i think i know what the stadium series is and i'm good (laughs) <laughs> there is there is something kind of fun of like doing rental battles um yes apparently yes, there is that. yeah there was like apparently there's a whole like i watched a whole video on like the metagame of like rentals which has now become its own like like you can basically play rental battles in pokemon showdown that like um fan game people made uh-huh. um where you just like they just restrict it to the stats and um moveset. of rental stats and moveset of like uh the rental pokemon that sounds pretty cool yeah yeah what's the matter trainer um i fucking always... thinking is what's the matter shut up <laughs> yeah, <go ahead>. sorry <laughs> i will always fondly remember the sushi mini game or clefairy says yes that too <laughs> remember this up down left right up down up up, up down low <laughs> do this or you get hit in the head with a hammer clefairy uh, clefairy is out today and substituting in for her as animal for the muppets (laughs) 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 mr animal i can't do that um (laughs) okay we have some mario games on here i think there are some relatively easy cuts among them first of all Mario Tennis is better than Mario Golf. Yes. So Mario Golf should probably go. Okay. I liked Mario Golf, but yes. Sure. I mean, I liked most of the things on this list. That is fair. Yeah. It, uh, it's uh but Mario Tennis is a much more like that that game just like controls so much better and plays so much better on like the N64 like that has just so much more going on and that is just like tennis as a sport is like so much like in video game form is just so much more immediately like appealing and fun 
Um, yeah. Golf is a much more solitary activity, so you can't really do, like, there was some multiplayer stuff, uh, but, like, there is something really fun and hectic in Mario Tennis where you get four people playing doubles. Like, that's a good time. Yeah, and tennis is immediately approachable, and also, like, inevitably when you're playing one-on-one with another friend, you get into a situation where you're just constantly having... 70 to 80 hit volleys bouncing from deuce to advantage over and over again and just fighting tooth and nail for a victory and that is so much fun yeah it's terrific um i also think we should cut mario party 3 it is the best of the mario parties at least of this era um mario party should not be on a top anything (laughs) that is true (laughs) Mario Party won top for most injuries uh, caused. <laughs> you don't want the glove. There's no, like, characters on the glove. <laughs> uh, um, Mario, Mario Party is a... At times can be fun, but it's mostly a miserable time to have with <laughs> other people. <laughs> it builds solidarity rather than... <laughs> Um, am I allowed to say that Resident Evil 2 is better than Silent Hill? Can I say that? I mean, you are allowed to say it. I I think that, uh, I think that of the two, Silent Hill is much better directed than Resident Evil 2. Like, uh, there's that first moment in in Silent Hill where you follow along with the blood trail and you just get thrown into this dark alleyway as the camera just keeps following your descent further and further down until you're just surrounded by grates and being attacked everywhere. Like, that game has just masterful cinematography and moments to it. But uh, just in terms of a game that you sit down and play, Resident Evil 2 is a fucking blast. It is, It is the perfect blockbuster action game. Like, it... The campaign is pretty short, and that's a good thing because, like, you play through it two times to get the full ending, and you can just keep going back to it and back to it without ever tiring of it. Yeah, because it has the zapping system. The zapping system was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, I think RE2 is the better game. Um... Because, like, I think, I mean, if it was, like, a comparison of, like, Silent Hill 2, like, different story, but for here, like, like, I think Resident Evil 2 is the better game. Yeah, but I still want to emphasize, Silent Hill is an incredible fucking game. It got a series for a reason. And it isn't that, you know, Japan was still cheap, the econ- or money was still cheap in Japan, the economy hadn't completely crashed yet. That isn't the reason. <laughs> <laughs> um... Hmm. We should cut Princess Maker 2. Um, Princess Maker 2 is... It's hard to know what the best Princess Maker is as an American, because they have done such a shit job of representing that series over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know it, I don't know, like, Jen, have, do you, you know what this is, right? Yes, it's one of those games where you essentially have a limited period of time to adjust uh, basically 
put the princess through different experiences to shape them in different ways. Yeah, like Long Live the Queen. It's a raising sim. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, a little less high stakes than Long Live the Queen, but that's part Long, of it. Yeah, that's part of it, yeah. Greatness. Um, yeah, I mean, it is also hurt by the fact that it's um, kind of pedophilic in a way that's not great. Oof. Not ideal. Um, and, yeah, I, uh, I, I, if it weren't for, like, that thing knocks it enough that I find it hard to imagine on top ten at all. That even mm -hmm. though I think it's a it's a great game and it's a, a game of importance for the genre it helped create, but it is also creepy. Um, Don't so. love that. Yeah, not too good. Um, <laughs> hmm. huh. There are fewer JRPGs on here than I would have expected. And like, you know, it's not like I forgot things. Just like, oh, huh. Yeah, I... I almost thought about putting Legend of Mana in here, but uh, neither of you have played it, and also it's just one of those games that uh, I think succeeds at a, as a mood more than anything else. And let's put Brave Friends and Musashi on here so we could all have a laugh. But yeah, I said it. Now we can all have a laugh. Um, ha 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 ha. <sighs> <sighs> Should Pretty much I... just good games left, though, huh? Mm -hmm. Worms yeah. Armageddon isn't making top ten. That's, no. <laughs> yeah. that's the best version of Worms, but Worms is a series that's like, haha, yeah, this is fun to play at a party. Like, is yeah. it, is it fun that like the worms have a British accent and they say things like bugger? Yeah, I was always more of a Worms World Party girl myself, but uh, that's partially because that's the one people had in rotation when I was old enough to play Worms. That's yeah. one of the 2D ones, right? Yep. Yes. Me and okay. my brother would play uh, World Party, like, constantly. Yeah. Uh, this one. I think I think uh, Armageddon is better than this, but I, uh, yeah, this one was, this one certainly had its, you know. A, a lot of this is, you know, <laughs> Go back to the worms of your youth, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that famous saying, go back to the worms of your youth. Xenogear is, is very cool. It isn't done. They didn't finish that game. And that happens. And that can happen to great games. But uh -huh. an entire disc of, like you fighting a boss and then it cutting to a black screen is that a character narrates the events that led you to the next dungeon. It's rough. Yeah, I, I don't have much experience with this game, so I can't say either way, but uh, the one thing I do know about this game is that uh, the English localization individual, the one person who was putting it into English, got in trouble with his priest for doing this game, so... <laughs> that's pretty funny. Well, that makes it that makes it one of the best games that generation. <laughs> if God's mad at you, then you must have done something right. Exactly. Uh what do we what do we have left? Yeah, let's 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 okay. summarize real quick what we have left. Uh now we we're like forty five minutes in. Okay, we've cut the list almost in half. Okay. So, okay, on rail shooters, 
When it comes to Unreal shooters, which do you think is more impressive? Panther Dragoon or Star Fox 64? Because to me, I think Star Fox 64 had a bigger presence overall, especially when I was that age, but as I've grown and experienced both, I think that Panzer Dragoon is the more impressive of the two games. I think I've only played the Xbox one. Oh, Orda? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, the Panzer Dragoon series has certainly more story uh, than Star Fox 64. Um. I mean the, the here's the here's the problem, right? Like Star Fox sixty four is is a really phenomenal game that they have never been able to replicate. Mm-hmm. It is the it, it's basically them replicating the SNES version of Star Fox, and then like after that, it's like okay, I guess we're done. <laughs> well, the N sixty four version is better than the SNES version of Star Fox. Yes, it is like, the by best a country ver- mile. <laughs> yes, it is the best version of the blueprint they have repeated multiple times. Well, and it's like the Star Fox sixty four feels like kind of like it is the game they wanted to make with mm-hmm. SNES, right? Is is the the feeling I get anyway. Um, because it is, yeah, it is such a direct, like, recreation, but then also adding so much, including, like, branching paths and stuff, which makes it, gives it all that replayability. And then yeah. after that, the series doesn't try, like, tries to replicate the feeling, but not, like, literally rebuild the game. Um, which I think is the correct thing to do, it just turns out they're bad at it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> because there hasn't really been a, like, Star Fox 64 was, like, the last really good Star Fox game. <laughs> Like yeah. I and I love like I love Starbucks the character like I think they're cool like I think it's just one of those things where Star Fox sixty four is just such a fun experience like it is just a blast to play like I don't know how many times I've played that game um, I think like Panzer Dragoon is a much more like it's it's much more story focused um, but like I think like like it has a much more interesting setting and a much more interesting like a few more interesting ideas but like i think from like just from a pure play perspective i'd rather play star fox 64 huh interesting because like i do love star fox 64 a lot but uh when panzer dragoon like takes your perspective and is like okay Instead of just shooting forward all the time, you can swap between these four different viewpoints and, like, take care of enemies as they cross your cross different areas. Like, that's so much more of an engaging experience to me. I, listen, I'm, I'm gonna be real with y'all. Yeah. I like, I like Star Fox 64 better. I haven't played that much Panzer Dragoon. Neither of them are making the top ten. <laughs> I guess I can say can't let you do that, Star Fox, even though you're going to do it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I can is... I can say let though. Like this this is, you know this is a group decision, but like we have twenty six games on here. We gotta do you really think after after cutting sixteen more that Star Fox and Panzer Dragoon are still gonna be on here? Probably not. 
I would be more willing. I I would be more willing to fight for Star Fox just because I can, because I can't really fight for Panzer Dragoon. Um, if you wanted to keep Star Fox on here, I could do that. And if you wanted to keep Panzer Dragoon on here, we can do that. It's just it'll be tricky because I I what little I, I played I didn't. I would like to keep Star Fox sixty four on here for now because I think, um, that game is just like that works as just like a like expression of just it's just a really really good game to play like it just feels good to play mm-hmm. um and i don't know it's, it's one of those things where like i frequently revisit it and i don't find new things to enjoy i just find like it's a very comforting thing to be like oh i know all these enemy patterns and i feel like an absolute you know i feel like a god right it's like oh yeah i know this pattern i know their enemy's gonna come here and it just feels good yeah that, that's the lovely thing about shmups they're short but you play them multiple times and uh once you start getting used to the patterns like suddenly you're the ace pilot that's represented in the game um Okay. So either one of these has to go uh, in that same vein, either GoldenEye 007 or Perfect Dark. GoldenEye 007. Yeah, I, I, I like. I don't want to cut either, but if we're keeping one, we're keeping Perfect Dark. Yeah, Perfect Dark is... Per- Perfect Dark takes the ideas that GoldenEye is working with and just pushes them to a whole nother level. And, uh... It is the superior single-player and multiplayer experience, and uh, Joanna Dark is just so much cooler than James Bond. <laughs> and, like, I do want to say, like, you got a bunch of people being like, oh, GoldenEye fucking aged so bad, like, it's not even worth playing anymore. Like, that's straight up just not true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've, we've gotten to, like, that. we've gotten re-releases, we've been able to play that game even with original controls recently. It's still a fucking good game. Um... And I think it is, you know, a monumental moment for FPS design, also in ways that FPSs didn't end up running with and fucking should have, right? Like, multiple objectives on different difficulties and stuff. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Perfect Dark is one of the best shooters ever made. Agreed. You know, it's not one of the best shooters ever made. What? What? (laughs) It's a great transition here. Uh, Mega Man Legends (laughs) (laughs) Mega Man Legends is such a cool game though like the characters are charming it just has a the way that it perfectly uses these 3D models to like represent an animated look to it this very lively look to it It, it's so much fun but It's uh, it's an amazing tone piece and it is a great like it has it has some great style, right? And that's not style mm-hmm. like the fucking giant bomb like style. No, it's just like no, it has an aesthetic it's going for, and it nails it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Use the fact that like it had like the the use of low polygon count in like the flat sort of like not shading but like flat um mapping basically mm-hmm. to like oh that means we can quickly switch between all these like really interesting expressions and give the characters a lot like a really lively like like they're just so lively um but 
Q-U-Gen like a year or two ago trying to play this game and getting frustrated with the controls, though. That is true. Yeah, I don't think it plays very well. Okay. It has some great sound effects, though. Oh my god. <laughs> um, like, there's something to, like, shooting and collecting stuff in that game. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think for, like... I, I don't see it on a top list, but I would put it on a list of PS1 games people should play, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, probably don't beat it. I mean, if you want to, go for it. But, like, probably you're going to get frustrated and drop it. But you should put your hands on that thing. Yeah. Um, <sighs> now it gets a little more personal, doesn't it? I'm yeah. Sure it really poking, poking. We, we have a list of 23 absolute bangers here. I don't think any of us are going to go to the mat for Final Fantasy Tactics. That is correct on my end. I have not played it, so I cannot vouch for it in any capacity. Oh. So, oh, That's a shame. That's um, a shame you really should play Final Fantasy Tactics. I think Final Fantasy Tactics is pretty cool. I think it is not my favorite like approach to Tactics RPGs. I think the gameplay is too slow. Um, and I also think the game has, like, what's the fucking, hang on. Yeah. Like, it has a fucking, like, difficulty shield wall. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you get to points in that game where it's like... Jesus Christ, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um it's like mean mean. Uh and I think that really gets in its way. Is that why people typically suggest to play War of the Lions as the version of Final Fantasy Tactics you should check out? Do people do that? Um I, I don't know. I don't know that you War should the... do that. <laughs> but, you know, it it's has more really the... accessible. It has those like cutscenes that people seem to like. Um, it has it has the dude it has the dude from fucking Tactics Advance Two, and it also has Cloud. I think. Weird. Yeah. No, I I don't recommend. I like I don't like not recommend that version, but I am not ready to advocate for War of the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I think people should play Final Fantasy Tactics, um, but yeah. It's it's a tough crowd at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to articulate. I really I really think that it has this like some of the stuff you complain about. I like about Final Fantasy Tactics, but also it's like I get it. Like it's I don't know, people should check that game out. Like I think it has a lot of like really cool options. I really like its story, its characters. Like it has a it has a mood to it. It's also like. That and Vagrant Story, which we don't have on here because I don't think any of us played Vagrant Story, um, is like the start of the Ivalice setting of Final Fantasy, and Ivalice is a cool setting, just in general. Um, but yeah. Oh, I just had a realization. What's that? Yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 is, I'm thinking of the PS2 version. Yeah, you're thinking of the PS2 one. Oh yeah, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is the best PS1 game, I'd say. Okay, we can change it to two, and then I think we should cut it. Like, with the list of games I am looking at, if it was... 
I'm realizing the PS2 version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, I would be fighting for it in the top 10, even though I don't personally get that much out of it. Mm-hmm. But I think 2 can go. I think 2 could go because 3 is one of the best, like, just one of the best games ever made. It's so fun. Yeah, I've always been more of a two-person myself, but also, like, I see where y'all are coming from. Do you do you think it belongs on top ten? Probably not, no. There are things I want to fight for that are on this list still. Okay. Um... What, Jen? Do you want me to pour gasoline on this whole thing? Sure. sure. Fuck it. Why not? Chaos. Final Fantasy VIII is a better game than Final Fantasy VII. I like Final Fantasy VIII better. It is not a better game. Huh. Like, just, I... like, purely, like, you mechanically, have... Mechanically, yeah. Mechanically, like, story-wise. Like, I think when eight does things well, it is on a level that seven cannot match. I also think there are a lot of things about eight that are jank and bad. And, like, I still think it's fantastic. But, like, I can't argue with the end of it being kind of a mess or you having party, like, most of your party members not mattering in that game, barely having any story. It's mostly a story about, you know, Renoa and Squall, and that's fine. But, like, a lot of your party members are just kind of there. You get their story when they're added to the party and then you never really get anything again. It also doesn't help uh, in 8's case that, like, and I like 8 more than I like 7, but, like, it doesn't help that, like, with 8, like, you, like, the way in which, like, the junction system works and the way in which, like, everything is just sort of, like, you just do, like, a junction switch with, like, Final Fantasy 8 means that, like, car- like your individual party members don't even really have, like, distinct, like, abilities, like, beyond, like, their normal attacks and limit breaks. On the other hand. On the other hand. There are a lot of lists, you will see, of best PlayStation games, best games of this generation, best Final Fantasy games. There are a lot of people out there being good boys and making the teacher proud. If all of us are sitting here being like, I mean, you know, seven's a better game, but we all like eight better, then fuck it. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Fuck out of here, seven. Like, eight has so much more personality. (laughs) It just, like, Final Fantasy eight was just one of those games that will, like, always live in the shadow of its older sibling. But, like, man, Final Fantasy VIII had some, like, cool ideas. Also, the game of the generation can't have balloon animals in it. Sorry, Final Fantasy VII. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. I'm looking at this list now and just tugging at my collar, because... I dislike cutting this. Yeah. I have not played enough Parasite Eve. The game's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. But I think I would cut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that both of you should play more Parasite Eve because it is just like a... It's an incredibly impressive, like, mix of survival horror and JRPG in ways that, like, even Parasite Eve 2 didn't quite match. But, no. uh... Yeah, it's one of those situations where... Um, People just need to play more of it. I have some big moves in mind, but I don't think I can make them yet. I think I have to start off with Clock Tower Japan. 
I guess I'm the only person who has played a form of that before. Uh, so I I will be okay with it. I just want to make my case that this is... Of course. Also, I think that one of the reasons it might be okay to cut it is just that the the main version of the game that became popular was on Super Nintendo first. It did get a PS1 port, but like that was initially a SNES game. Um, it's just an incredible sort of game. Like, uh, even though it's stealing, it's straight up stealing certain character designs from Italian horror movies. Like, uh, the way that they just took Jennifer Connelly's design. I mean, they took Jennifer Connelly's appearance from one of the Dario Argento movies. Um, it's just so neat to have a horror game that focuses on, like, you're not finding bullets. You're not finding any proper weapons. You are in a slasher movie and you have to, like, run for it and find a good hiding space. And, like, it, it perfectly handles the whole situation where... You know those jump moments in slasher movies, like not not trying to make a bunch of loud noise and startle you. It's more like all of a sudden this character appears out of nowhere from places that might even involve like killing someone else in a gory matter, and then they start coming after you. It's I don't have the language of slasher movies because I can't fucking stand them. <laughs> <laughs> that's still and that's still kind of a jump scare if they show up suddenly. Yeah. But I just think it's a very impressive mix of, uh, like, adventure game, survival horror, and, like, slasher movies. It's anything cool. that Anything that we've waited this long to cut, there is respect for in the room, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also think it's time to let StarCraft 64 go. Okay. Yeah, I know you wanted to cut it before. You don't. No, don't. No crocodile tears from you, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we should cut F Zero X. Yeah. Um. Fun it's a game. Good game. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a fun game. Uh you should play F Zero X. It's great. Um talking about the best games of the generation and that's just a conversation where it has difficulty hanging mm-hmm. yeah Jen sh- yeah, what? tell me about Legacy of Kane. Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver is like the coolest fucking gothic game the Playstation has ever seen like the, the crystal the initial one made by Silicon Knights I don't really care about Blood Omen or whatever Legacy of Cain specifically, but uh, Legacy of Cain Soul Reaver. Like, you have this angel who has his wings fucking ripped off his back as he's thrown into this pool of death. And by the time he gets to the bottom, he's little else but, like, bones and some stretched out skin. He, He basically has to deal with things that have happened, like, 300 years since then, when the whole world has come to ruin. And, like... This PS1 game does one of the coolest tricks I've ever seen on a game from that particular console. Like, it simultaneously has two different versions of the world at all times. The Netherworld version and the, basically, Earth as it is at that moment. And you basically switch between the two seamlessly to solve puzzles, 
fight monsters that don't properly die unless you suck their soul out of their bodies. Um, and also, like, this game was the was the real, like, premiere moment where Amy Henning came into her own as a writer. Like, this was her first big game, and it set off a series of Kane games and Soul Reaver games that were just fantastic and just very interesting. I could see it on the list. Yeah. I, I th yeah. Um, I would probably want to cut Tomb Raider. That's fair. Yeah. I think the Tomb Raider is very important. It's a very impressive game. Like, uh, I'm looking forward to next year when they have re-released the proper Tomb Raider games in terms of like just showing how they used to play. But uh, mm -hmm. they are kind of hard to go back to at times just because you have to put yourself in the mindset of, okay, it's not like the Tomb Raider Legend reboots. It's not like the Tomb Raider 2013 reboots. You have to basically operate from a grid mindset. And uh, yeah, that can be hard to go back to. Yeah. Um... Hmm. I think this is the point where Mario Tennis bows out. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic game, but, you know, we're getting down to it. And, yeah. We're getting down to it. We're getting um, down to it. Um. <sighs> it um, might be time for Alpha 3 to go. Because yeah. that... That I have a lot of affection for, um, but it, like, if this was, like, top 11, you know? I, I feel you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry to, to hit you again when you're still grieving. I think we gotta cut Chrono Cross. I think Chrono Cross is one of the most interesting messes on the PS1. It's such but... an interesting mess, but we already <laughs> have another really interesting mess in here. But also Chrono Cross, like, I think Chrono Cross as a game in its ambitions to be like, how do we follow up like Chrono Trigger? It's like, well, we kind of make something completely different, but not that completely different. It's... I think I think Cross has a lot of really really cool ideas and a really great aesthetic to it, but I I I just have like I have a lot of affection for that game, but I also realize that like the fact that it is set up in such a way that you can very innocuously and very easily miss out on party members for things you didn't even realize were a choice, like is frustrating. And I think that by having so many characters, sometimes like individual stories get lost in the fold. Um, but Chrono Cross is still like a really incredible achievement of a game. I think people should check that out. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Okay. So we got to cut have two more. Two, we have two cuts to make. Um, dare I say what I'm thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking? 
There's going to be a reaction to both of these. Yeah. We should cut Mario Kart 64. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very good. It's really unambitious. Yeah. And I think ambitious things should make the top. Yeah, and it's... Like, if we were talking Double Dash, six would go knives out. <laughs> I'd go ape shit. Yeah. yeah, like, it's fucking, it's fucking Double Dash. It's probably be the most interesting Mario Kart game they've ever made, and they've never made it again! They just, they just reject their own ideas. They keep uh, rejecting it. Mario Kart 64 is, is truly fantastic. Um, what a fun, fun party game. Yeah. Um, and then... Metal Gear Solid should not be on this list. What? Jen, we played it this year. Yeah. We both know that game has some parts that are rough. Hmm. That game is very cool. That game is very influential to gaming at large. And I think also the three of us here. Um, I do think it's dwarfed by the rest of the series. And I think if I'm, I, I think like of the games on here, it is the one I am most willing to lose. I see what you mean. I, it's, hmm. I know. I mean, Man, I don't, I, like, I don't say it because like, I want it gone, but. You know. Right. I mean, like, the thing about Metal Gear Solid was that, like, I don't think it should be understated that, like, that is a game in which, like, so, like, what that team was going for was, like, how do we make a video game sound like a Hollywood movie? And holy shit, did they do it? I mean, kind of, right? I, like, I certainly think they did it than any of their, better than any of their peers, but, like, we're not in we're not in that moment. The game didn't just come out and we can say Kojima <laughs> This is not how people in Hollywood talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, as Six is getting into two was the point where they really nailed the Hollywood stuff. Like they got the fantastic composer in, they they really perfected stealth in the little I feel like when you think about all the various uh, little touches and fun moments within Metal Gear Solid, like just the little details that stand out. Two was the moment where those details came into their own and just like, you could just talk about them at length over and over again. Like the things with, like the way that you react if you, like the way you can catch a cold and you start sneezing and guards could hear that sneeze. (laughs) <laughs> they made like a quantum leap between one and two <laughs> yeah uh i i i know it's a controversial pick and if you have a better suggestion for our last cut i am listening hmm. it's I, very quiet in here right now. Well, only, <laughs> i guess only... 
The only other one that I could see, like, if we're talking about, like, things dwarfed by, like, later entries, like, like Marvel versus Capcom, right? I... That original game is fun. I think it's such a different, like... Marvel vs. Capcom 1 has more in common with M- with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite than it does in 2 and 3. The style mm-hmm. of game it is. And it's certainly better than Marvel Infinite. <laughs> um, that is true, but also, like... I, I think that... Hmm, I think Marvel vs. Capcom, like, of, like, to me, of, like, the CPS2, like, board games games like i had a lot more fun like playing alpha 3 you know um i super didn't as we've established (laughs) yeah yeah um it does have a really catchy character select screen huh um i mean it has capcom you know you like it had this sense of it isn't just like when they went to two and they went up to three characters, nothing was lost, right? It is a weightier game. There's more impact. You get like, you do fucking, you know, Weapon X super with Wolverine and the screen starts flashing and it says in huge letters, Weapon X finish. I mean, like it was. It did have like a style that was like lost in like later entries because they had like a billion characters that they had the stuff in and clash of superheroes like by eliminating its scope to like 20 i think its roster i think is like 20 mm-hmm. characters like excluding the joke characters and secret characters well and it like they're different styles of crossover game two and beyond marvel's capcom two and beyond are like man look at this whole like like everyone is here right it's the smash bros thing of right and like that's awesome. That's great. I like those games a lot. Marvel vs. Capcom 1 is this celebration of each character individually. It's not that you get to see everyone in a parade. It's that everyone gets a moment on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And there is something to the specific type of effects that Marvel vs. Capcom uses, like that first one. I, I The way that they represented, like, lightning striking down and that was just this very unique animation in a way that's always stuck in my brain the way that like marvel vs capcom 2 as as much as the those 3d backgrounds are impressive they kind of just glide off my brain in comparison absolutely i i don't think Mm -hmm. for all the things that we'll say nice about marvel vs capcom 2 i don't think there's a lot of the like the background art in that game that stands out to any of us and the stuff that does stand out, you're like, why is there that big clown head there? Uh, guys, what were you thinking? <laughs> I was posting recently on Twitter about how, like, when you get more characters on a character select screen, you have to make some, some like, compromises to style, right? Mm-hmm. And that's worth it, usually, right? But, like, look at this character select screen!
That's one of the earlier versions. There are more characters in for future versions, but like, yeah, 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 it is really cool. They have big, colorful sprites, and the fact that like half of the character like portrait takes up like a portion, like takes up a third of the screen, and then also like each individual character has their own unique logo. That is cool. Yeah, it's hmm. I almost want to suggest a different cut, but I know that no one will go for it. Um, what What are you suggesting? Super Smash Brothers. I understand where you're coming from. I don't think that's the right play. Mm-hmm. I think Super Smash Brothers, I mean, like, it spawned this huge series, and I think, like, we might say that some of the future entries are better than it, but also, like, for its, like, exquisite simplicity and impact kind of like marvel vs. capcom they kind of haven't replicated that like whatever they've done since then nothing feels as good as a smash hit a smash attack from the original they just they haven't matched that feeling again yeah there is something like really fun of just like the way the characters charge up and then just release the attack it's so intuitive and the animations have so much snap oh yeah like like they would like make them like more snappy in like other games but at a way of like losing a little bit of the weight behind it mm-hmm. which was like not great um but like original smash brothers is definitely a game that like also also fighting games have never really figured out like you know expanding it to more than four like more than two combatants like two players and Smash Brothers just kind of came out, and it's like, oh yeah, we figured it out. It's just no big deal. Like, no big deal. We we solved the entire problem, guys. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. And also, like, out of all of these games here, you're most likely going to see people playing Smash Brothers, whether it's at a convention or like just someone pulling out their Nintendo 64 and being like, "Hey, you want to play some Smash?" I uh, when I posted the N64 setup to like another Discord, someone was like, "I, I want to come over and play Smash Brothers on that." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, no, I get that." You know what this you know what this sounds like to me? But <sighs> the keep these on like Star Fox might have to go. Yeah, you're right. Star Fox is the cut. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I love Star Fox. I adore that game. But, like, I think about, like... I mean, I I was mentioning, like, oh, Metal Gear, like, figured out, like, like Hollywood-ish sounding dialogue, right? And I mm-hmm. love the dialogue in, like, Star Fox 64 more than just, like, the meme lines or whatever. Like... And, like, they dedicated, like, a third of, like, the cartridge's, like, capacity for, like, dialogue. And I do love that opening moment where they're just going through their systems routine check. Like, that's, like, a really cool moment. But, like, I think Star Fox 64 is just one of those things that was, like, it was a moment in time and they never really been able to replicate that. And it's a really cool game, but, like, it is, there are so many other strong things on this list that... I think that there are other things that like these other games do better than it. Um, yeah, but yeah, 
A lot of so fun. Leaves us leaves us with a top ten here. Uh, un- unranked at the moment, Final Fantasy VIII, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes, Metal Gear Solid, Perfect Dark, R4, Ridge Racer Type 4, Resident Evil 2, Super Mario 64, Super Smash Brothers, and Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Yeah. I think, uh. do you want to rank it? Yeah, let's rank it. It shouldn't be too crazy hard. I think um, our bottom, not necessarily in this order, should be R4, Marvel vs. Capcom, and Legacy of Kane. That sounds about yeah. right. I think, yeah, I think that sounds about right. We we should at least mention a few things about R4 since it got through this whole thing without us even talking about it. Um, yes. <laughs> Ridge Racer Type 4 is like a... It is close to perfection in terms of like the arcade drifting that Ridge Racer is known for but like there's so many other impressive things besides that like the music is top notch and uh, the way that each campaign like if the dialogue reacts to you uh, the dialogue and the story react to whatever place you get in each race like it, it keeps track of all of that to a degree that is just astonishing when you're playing through it yeah yeah and the soundtrack is incredible and it's just it looks really good it's it's a fantastic game really fun mm-hmm. yeah um i currently have it as r4 10 legacy of kane 9 uh mvci uh 8 i could swap kane and marvel depending on how we feel i think kane i think kane goes above marvel yeah okay. I, I think kane is a more impressive achievement like in addition to loading the two worlds, I did not men- also mention that uh, the entire thing is seamless. Like, it's one of those early games where there's no loading whatsoever, and the fact that they able- were able to do that with two worlds layered on top of one another, like, that game is just astonishing in so many ways. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Um, I would goes- put perfect. Or I would put Metal Gear Solid next. I was about to suggest either Perfect Dark or Metal Gear Solid, but like Metal Gear Solid is a top, like top seven or like uh-huh. at the seventh slot makes sense. Um, Smash Bros. Smash Bros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At six. Okay, now we're in the top five. I think at the bottom of the top five. Final Fantasy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's just waiting to hear it from Kiri. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Super Mario uh, 64 at four. Mm, I don't know about that. Super Mario 64 is better than Perfect Dark. Yeah. That is true. Perfect Dark at four. Super Mario 64 at three. That sounds good to me. I. 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 Hmm. I'm trying to decide whether or not I like 64 more than like Resident Evil 2. I know. It's a really it's it's such a weird comparison, right? It's such a strange <laughs> comparison. But this is the comparison that we've kind of invited ourselves upon think... ourselves. But it's Mario 64. It to borrow a phrase from a YouTuber I like, it's like playing that game feels like little little lizard giving kisses on your thumb. Just the thing is, that game is pretty long. A lot of those levels are not great. Yeah. 
don't love the snow levels. <laughs> like, it, we can't pretend it's all killer, no filler, you know? Yeah, I, I was never a fan of the desert levels myself. Yeah, me either. Dry Dry Desert was not great. Yeah, okay. Okay. Number three. Then and then two, Resident then Evil 2. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> two for two. <laughs> All right. I wow. guess Majora's Mask is number one. Because holy shit, that game. <laughs> the game's um, so good. That game is so good. I was like... I knew that game was, like, good, but then, like, when we played it for Novel Not New, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, one of the best, like, this is easily the best in 64 game. Like, upon thinking about it, and upon going through this process, it's like, holy shit, it just does so many things correctly and solves so many problems. And, yeah, it has its issues, it has its control issues, but goddamn, like, everything else about that game just works. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really fucking cool. Yeah, I'm not as high on it as my fellow co-hosts, but... Uh, what would you put above it? Um, Personally, for me, I'd put Resident Evil 2 above it, but, like, it is still... Um, Majora's Mask is one of those things where, even though I did not have a great time playing a lot of it, I did appreciate what they were going for to a significant degree. Like, within a year, they told one of the more impressive and thematic stories I've seen in the video game. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, our list from 10 to 1. Jen, can you take it away? Sure thing. Number 10 is R4 Ridge Racer Type 4. 9 is Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes. 8 is Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. 7, Metal Gear Solid. 6, Super Smash Brothers. 5, Final Fantasy 8. 4, Perfect Dark. Number 3, Super Mario 64. Number two, Resident Evil 2. And coming at number one, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And just to sneak this in at the end here, we did not forget Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> <laughs> I have not played Final Fantasy IX, and that's the only reason why I did not include it here. Because No, it's not. <laughs> right now, that's the only reason. <laughs> Good list. Uh, good list. Yeah. We did we it. We still got it. That was a lot of fun. It's a fun exercise to yeah. go through. We got through 50 games. We did. We did. We played all of them. We beat them all. Like, good job, yep. everybody. <laughs> good job. <laughs> In preparation, we had, we had played every single one of them. Twice. Who knew, that, who knew that you could play 50 games in 90 minutes? Who knew? Just, just go to show. Technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's good I don't know about that sister <laughs> <laughs> wow that was fun that was fun We're, so uh, thanks everybody for joining us uh, we'll go ahead and, and do some plugs now I'm sure we'll do another one of these before long but uh, Kyrie where can people find you on the internet uh, you can find me on co-host at Kyrie page that's just first name last name and that's where I also that's where I'll post like snippets of podcasts I edit, and then also you know just also trying to post more thoughts because uh, fuck Twitter, um, that is yeah fuck Twitter, uh, that's it. Uh, Jen, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at GBU three, 
Um, you can find me on, on <laughs> Curious just looking down after I let off with Twitter, but like, I, I still am on Twitter and that's where most people find our work, I think. So I'm still there at JBU3. I'm on co-host at Jen-and-Aster. I'm on Blue Sky as Spooky Cute Witch. And, uh... Okay, that one's just showboating. No one gives a shit about Blue Sky. <laughs> I, I post there like people are slowly going there, so... Yeah, you can find me those three places, and, uh... Wherever you can listen to Scanline Media Podcasts. What about you, Six? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SixDetmar, S-A-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. That's also where you can find me at co-host... Uh, yeah, most people are still on Twitter, and so I find it worthwhile to stay there, even though I don't like it. Um, and for all of us, you can find our work at scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. We would very much appreciate your support, creating more podcasts. We have a bunch of Patreon-exclusive stuff over there. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us tonight, and, uh, until next time, peace out. See ya. Later.